Hey, Assembly family, I want to take another opportunity to welcome you to our service. Let me get you to do three things again. Fill out that Connect card. It's only going to take you 30 seconds. Number two, hit that share button so others can experience what you're experiencing. And number three, continue to interact in the service in the comments. Giving is one of our greatest tools in worship. Would you give with us on today in your worship? You can give online at theassemblyflawance.org. Navigate to the top right corner. If you're on a desktop, click the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, smartphone, click the three horizontal lines in the top right corner of the screen and click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons will take you to our online giving platform. You can also text to give by texting the number 77977 that says SC Assembly Give, and that's all one word. You'll receive step-by-step -step instructions on how to give via text. Lastly, you can give by mailing in check or money order to The Assembly at 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Help us to advance the kingdom of God all around the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't know. I try to be very attentive to the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to me. There needs to be an assurance that goes out this morning that God is standing right next to you even though you don't feel him. You know, we go through those periods when we, we literally feel God, you know. This oh yeah. If you have those, you you literally feel God. You, you've been in the service, you feel God. But then there are days that you're gonna wake up and and you won't feel anything. I I, I want to. I hope everyone is hearing me. There are a lot more days that you're gonna wake up and not feel anything than you will feel God on you. And it's not about the fact that he's not there or he has pulled away from us. It's that the, the, the things, the rust that messes with the contact, the rust in our lives. Quite often the car battery is fine. The battery checks out 14 volts but the car is not starting. Why? The connectors are rusted. And sometimes, more times than not, our connectors are going to be rusted. And when you feel that, I don't feel the glory of God. Can I charge you to just thank God in everything, give thanks? Hallelujah. Can I just take a moment just to just, just think about something you could thank God for. You're watching us on our feed. There are hundreds of you on the feed looking. And I'm challenging you right where you're sitting is just to, just to start making your body fall in line with your spirit. That's all that's happening. You right now, your body's trying to take over. <laughs> your mind is trying to take over. But we're going to erase that right now in the name of Jesus. Glory. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Come on. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your supply. Thank you for holding us up. Thank you for every delay, every difficulty, every dead end that we've run into. Because we know these are all places of victory because what the adversary wanted to do was destroy us. But oh, we thank you this morning. Even at a place of dead end, we thank you that we're not destroyed. In a place of difficulty, we thank you. 
because we're not destroyed. In a place of delay, we thank you because we're not destroyed. In a place of duration, we are thanking you because we are not destroyed. Oh, God. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm looking for some warriors that, that will just push, push through for someone else. You're feeling okay? Somebody needs you to push through for them. Someone else needs you to push through for them. Oh, oh, oh we bless you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Yes, Lord. With my head lifted high, and my mouth filled with praise, with a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, oh Lord. Real slow right now. With my, my hands, hands lifted, lifted up. Up. oh God, and my, my mouth filled with praise, with a heart of thanksgiving, oh God, I will bless thee, oh Lord, I should have been dead, Lord. Come on, sing with me. With, with my, my hands lifted, lifted oh, I don't need to preach. If the glory of God comes down, and my mouth I'll fill filled with, with praise. With a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, oh
to me. Your strength and your mercy and your grace, it reaches to me. Reaches to me. Give me my second will. Lord, 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 give me my second will. Come on now. Lord, give me my second will. Lord, give me my second will. Lord, give me my second will. Lord, give me my second wind. My second wind. Lord, give me my So I can run on to the end. Lord, give me my second wind. 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 Oh, Lord. Father. You're touching Sister Jackie Spears right now. Who fell earlier this week and fractured her hip. You're touching right now Sister Odessa Cannon who was preparing to come to church and the adversary attacked her back, could not move. And rather than lying in bed, she immediately sent out a text and said, I'm calling on all the warriors at the assembly to pray for my back because the devil is a liar. Right now, would you, would you cover the Calvins, cover Sister Carolyn, cover Sister Jackie, cover Sister Cannon, cover all of those who right now need a touch, a second wind touch, Lord. A second wind. We release the second wind. We release, we release the second wind. We release the second wind. We release the second wind. I said we release the second wind. Come on, help me, God. We release the second wind. We release the second wind of God's touch. 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 Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We didn't start on the theme, the theme for this month on Sundays. The theme for this month during the week on Bible study is uh, from glory to glory. And I hope those of you who weren't here last Wednesday missed out on a tremendous word from Pastor Ron on glory. We started at the beginning of the month about uh, what, what does the glory of God looks, look like. And then he went into uh, Joshua. Uh, that was Joshua 1, I believe. Uh, talking about God's uh, instruction about the, the building of a place for God. And the release of the glory of God. He said to sanctify yourselves. It has stuck with me. And uh, for those of you who were here, I think it was maybe, I don't know, 10 or 12, as we have restructured. So on the very first Wednesday of the month and the third Wednesday of the month, we are strictly online. Uh, on the second Wednesday and the fourth Wednesday of the month, we are in service Bible study in the... Uh, fellowship hall and so for the first part of that reset last Wednesday we had uh, maybe 12 people or so here uh, which was very small about what I was ex not what I was expecting but it was significant in that we had a tremendous after party so if you were just hoping to get everything online on Wednesday you missed out on about 15 minutes 
of anointed time. And I'm encouraging you to be here on the third, the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month when we are going into in on-campus Bible study on Wednesdays. Uh, one of the things we talked about, and that's uh, Pastor Ron did not have the, the time then to expand on it, and he was not focusing on that area, but he read something uh, that mentioned the glory of God, uh, that when the ark was built, he gave them specific instruction about what materials should be used in the the length and width and breadth and told them what to put in it. And every single detail of the ark, including the covering with a layer of gold around it, uh, was, was given by God. And while he was sharing a Bible study, uh, something jumped out at me. And it said that when everything was done and they, were, they had placed the ark where God said to place it, he instructed them to not come more than, I believe, 2,100 cubits close to the ark. And I looked back and realized that that was the equivalent of about 3,100 feet and something happened in my spirit. Something happened. That at the time that the ark, Sister Judy, as the ark of God was built, that was a period when God's anointing came upon individuals, priests, Levites, prophets, sometimes none of the above, but a person chosen for a particular task at a particular time, came on them to do what God wanted them to do. And after the job was done, the Holy Spirit was lifted. And they could only go into the presence of God once or twice a year through access by the high priest who went into the holies of holies to make sacrifice for the people with a chain on his left leg and a bell. So that if he went into that place of God's holy abode, uh, and he was not cleansed himself. He did not go through the purification and sanctification of himself. When he got in there, he would literally fall dead. And the reason for that chain was, first of all, to be able to pull him out if he died. Second, the bell, so that they could monitor his movement as he was moving around the altar, and he was shaking this incense in his hand in the Holy of Holies. The first thing that stopped was the bell. Once the bell stopped, then you, you got a little closer and you started to jerk the chain. And if, if there was no movement, you knew something had happened, you pulled him out. He was a goner. But what was significant, and this is not even the message, it's just on my spirit, that somebody needs to hear this. He said, God said, nobody except the priests and the Levites lifting the Ark of the Covenant should not get within 31 or 3,500 feet on every side of the Ark. That's the equivalent. And you can double check in some of your Bibles in the Amplified. You may see it there. And it just hit me that if the glory of God, Pastor Ron, was so heavy, powerful, weighty, impacting, explosive, that you could not be closer than from here to the street. If the Ark of the Covenant was here, you couldn't get closer than the street out there. And if you did, you would die. I want that to sink in and simmer for a moment. And then realize 
that when Jesus came, that veil that divided us physically from the outer court, inner court, holy place, to the holy of holies, was split down the middle, all of them split right down the middle when Jesus died and the Holy Spirit came for everyone. Not just to be upon you for a job, but now he literally wants to reside in you and in me. Something exploded in the after party of Bible study. And we found ourselves praying, Jordan, that God would make us a life of respectability. That if everyone knew that the glory of God was so powerful in the Old Testament, that if you were here and the ark was on the street corner right there, that you couldn't get any closer would to God his anointing come upon every one of you this morning so that the adversary will respect your boundaries. Oh, my God. When I read that, the second thing that hit me was that I have given too much to the devil. He has been backing me up on my boundaries. He's been backing me up on my life boundaries. He's been backing me up on my faith boundaries. He's been backing me up on my power boundaries. He's been backing me up on my family boundaries. He's been backing me up on my financial boundaries. And on Wednesday night, we broke them back. We said, tonight, we're not giving up another inch. Hallelujah. Tonight, we push the boundaries back to 3,100 feet. In the spirit, in the spirit, would you, would you say, today I redraw my boundary lines. Today I redraw my boundary lines. Today I push you back, adversary Satan. You are being pushed back to the very outer edge of the boundaries God has put around my family. I push you back to the very outer boundaries of where God has put me financially. I push you back to the outer boundaries of where God has put me physically in my health. And I command that you stay there. You don't walk an inch. You don't press in. You back up. Up in Jesus' name. I'm praying for a church where many of God's people get on the offensive this morning. How many of you are tired of being on defense? Can I get a hand? You're tired of being on defense. You're tired of your prayers just protecting you. <laughs> You're tired of your prayers just working for your, your little spot. Now you are interested in invading the adversary's territory. There are folks going to hell in a handbasket, and it is time we take territory. It is time we establish the lines. It is time we redraw the boundaries, and we say, devil, you are done for in this family. Devil, you are done for in my family. Devil, you will not create havoc in my home no more. Devil, you will not mess up my money no more. Devil, you will not take me out of wise decisions any longer. In the name of Jesus, I release myself in God's hand and I say, Lord, guide me. That was for someone today that God wants you to redraw your boundary lines. There is no sense in the boundary lines being over 3,000 feet when the Ark of the Covenant was here and only the priest could get close. And now that God says that my glory is not just coming to, co to be on you. My glory is coming to be in you. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal bodies. He will make alive what you thought was alive. 
Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to take just a few moments to share a little bit because the rest of the month is going to be on the same thing. Oneness with God. Oneness with God. I'm going to read three portions of Scripture that's our text on oneness with God. We're not going to finish today, and I'm not going to go over 12. The first is John chapter 14, verse 9. Oneness with God is our theme this month. Oneness with God. Jesus said, first portion of our text is John chapter 14, verse 9. I'm reading from the ESV. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Why are you still asking me to show you the Father? Luke chapter 10, verses 22 ESV again. Jesus speaking again. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father reveals it, is what it's saying. Or who the Father is except the Son reveals. And anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal it to, he does. Do you see that? Let me, see, let me show you that again. Because on one side, you see the Father pointing to the Son. And then on the other side, you see the Son pointing to the Father. Here we go again. All things, Jesus said, has been given over, handed over, released to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father reveals it. So both the Father and the Son are using the Holy Spirit to impart. But you got to see that they are establishing lines of power structure here. That there is no difference in the power of the Father and the Son. There is difference in the authority structure that Jesus says, and we're going to get to that. The power is the same. The authority structure is different. This applies to even our relationships, husband and wife, parents and children. But it was first set by Jesus and his Father. That even though we operate with the same power, I submit myself to my dad. So, no one knows who the son is except the father reveals, or who the father is except the son reveals, and anyone whom the son chooses to reveal him to, you and I, that's who gets revelation. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. The New King James Version this time. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind? Being who, being in the form of God, did not, let me say it, who being in the form of God, having the same power as his father, did not consider it robbery to be equal with his father. So even though the power is the same, he said, you need to understand that I'm submissive to my dad. That I don't make any decisions that my dad don't sanction. 
that nothing happens, I don't go willy-nilly just because I have access to the same power my dad has. I have made an example of myself by submitting me to my dad's authority. Even though we wield the same power. It went even farther when he was in Gethsemane. He said to his father, when the pain, when the, the weight of sin became so heavy on him that his body could almost not bear it, some text said that the, the sweat were as drops of blood coming down out of his pores. And I found out recently that that is scientifically possible. That the stress level is so high, that the, the, the pressure is so high, that, that capillaries in the eye begin to seep and blood comes down in the form of tears. Literally, while under this pressure and having access to the same power that his father had, so that he could call down 10,000 angels to relieve him. He goes to dad and he says, dad, is there any way possible that you would remove this cup from me? And before his dad could answer, he remembered the positional authority that he was establishing for us. And he said, no, no, don't even answer that. Don't, 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 I, I, I will not mess it up. I, I, the pain is almost more than I could bear, but I refuse to mess up the template. It is not my will. It's your will. It's not my will. It's your will. Talking about oneness with God, you cannot talk about being one with God except you understand the relationship between God, his son, and the Holy Spirit. The fact that there, is, there are no holes in their relationship. You've got to understand that. That you are serving a God. You have committed your life to a God that does not have any holes, any deficiencies in his relationship with his own son. Simmer on that for a moment. When trying to, to visualize my own sense of constructive thought about my God, Jehovah, who through his only son, Jesus, is everywhere all the time, He's multidimensional. He's a God who knows everything about the past and already has record or recorded all of the possible scenarios of the future. He already has it recorded. There is nothing that he doesn't know in the past, in the present, or in the future. But to top it all off, he stands unchallenged as the all-powerful, all-powerful, all-majestic, all-explosive, God and God alone. He's omnipresent everywhere all the time. He's omniscient. He knows everything about everything. And he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. When I put those things together about God and I read our text about the relationship that he has in the Godhead. I come to one question. 
Where, where do I stand? Where could I stand? How, how do I even stand? When faced with this kind of awesomeness, where do I stand? Where can I stand? Where can we stand? When we are facing a God that is this awesome. I stumbled there for a few moments. Because when you stay there for a minute or two and you start to think about how awesome God is, there's a certain amount of fear that can creep in. It's fear not in being fearful, lose your mind, that kind of fear. It's, it's a fear of, of respect and honor and reverence that almost paralyzes you. You just want to sit there and just like, ah, 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 and just take the glory in. I want you to show you two guys before we leave this morning. We've got just about eight minutes. Who actually had the same thing happen to them, and I want you to see what God said to them. Remember, we're talking about becoming one with God. Here it is. Exodus chapter 4. I'm trying to be very expository in that you've got scripture that you can write down and go back and read. Exodus chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. I'm going to read that one and then go back one verse. Verse 11 says, this is God speaking to Moses. The Lord said to him, I don't know how many of you have read this before. Who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Has everybody, anybody ever saw that? Moses goes before God as God directs him to go and say a particular series of words to Pharaoh. Summation at the end is let my people go. And he says, I can't do this. As a matter of fact, this is what he says in verses 10. That causes God to almost answer him with a, with a backhand slap of words. He goes to God and he says in verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon me, your servant, O Lord. I have never been eloquent. I'm not good with words. Neither in the past nor since you have chosen me as your servant. I am slow to speech. I stammer like no get out. And my tongue is heavy. And when he says that to God, instead of God saying, you baby, I understand what you, I know, I know, I, I know that God says, get that backbone up, son. Are you forgetting who I am? It really doesn't matter what and who you are. You are not the major person in the equation. You are not the major item on the program. It's me. It's me. It's me. You don't have to be anything, but if you're with God, you're everything. Oh, 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 hallelujah. You don't have to be rich, but if you stand with God, you are wealthy. You don't have to be highly educated according to the degree process of the land. But if God is with you, wisdom is flowing out of you. Rivers of living water is coming out of you. Rivers of living water is coming out of you. Eloquence is being produced in you. Because why? God and you is everything.
So God says to Moses, you must not know who I am, son. You must not know what, who I am. You, you, you have forgotten that I made you. You've forgotten that I created man out of the dust. And before I made man, I spoke the dust into being. So in, in reality, man has been made out of nothing. Because I spoke the dust into place and then I made man out of the dust. You must not know who I am. Who give human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Some preachers won't preach this because they're afraid that if they preach this, the next, the next challenge is answering those who have the question about why God allowed something to happen. So they don't want to face scriptures like this that said God knows about everything that happens to everybody at all the time. Nothing misses him. He is sovereign. And it stands to reason. It stands to reason. There are seven, over seven billion individuals on the earth today. And thousands of them are dying every day and being replaced by thousands of others being born. And before these seven billion were on the earth today, when you and I are living, there were billions before we got here. You and I are less than a slice of a slice of a slice of a slice, slice, slice. So when you are worried about why God allowed you to lose your baby or allowed your husband to die early or allowed your wife to die early or allowed this to happen or that to happen, you got to understand that he couldn't even explain it to you because there's so much. If you're only a slice of a slice of a slice, 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 then what, what good is it? For him to try and explain to you why somebody died now to fit into a purpose that he has set up 200 years from now. You've got to understand the awesomeness of God. That's why I started where I started. I'm going to give you one more. Matthew 10, 28 through 30. Jesus, speaking to his disciples, he says, do not be afraid. I want you to see this now. Both Moses and the disciples are dealing with fear. They're dealing with fear that has to be dealt with head on. Fear and faith don't go together. You can't trust God and be faithless and then have fear as any part of the equation. In both of these e equations, he's dealing with something that questions his authority. And if you allow anything that questions the authority of God in your life to prevail, you are falling out of oneness with God. Because oneness with God takes absolute faith in believing that he is sovereign and he knows everything about your life and knows everything that is supposed to be about your life and knows what and where you should be going with your life if you commit it to him. Listen to the disciples as we end. Do not be afraid of, the, of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. Then he gives them some history. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny in the marketplace? Yet, 
not one of them fall to the ground outside of my knowledge. I want you to see the detail that God has gone to, to bring understanding to the fact that if you are one with him, it does not matter what anything looks like. It does not matter what the circumstance fall out to be. It does not matter what the pressure feels like on you. It does not matter what the people are saying about you. It does not matter what the circumstance are pressing you into. God says, you are one with me. And because you are one with me, all things are working together for the good. Yet not one of them fall to the ground outside of Father's care. And every, and even the very hair on your head are all numbered. And even the very hair on your head is numbered. Let me crung it off. 12 or 2. Jeremiah 1 5. This is my all-time great scripture. Before I formed you in your mama's womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in your mama's womb, I knew you. I didn't just create you. I didn't just create the universe. I'm not just one with myself and my father. I have not just established the authority, the lineage of authority, so that you will not live a corrupted life, father, son, son to husbands, husbands to wives, uh, children to parents. I have not established that for myself. I'm establishing it for you. And if you follow this, if you follow my template, you become one with me by releasing everything about your life to me, then you will be successful. And I throw in something else. Before you were born, I knew you. Before you were born, I already set you apart and had my hand on you. Meaning that, 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 that he already had potential and purpose and destiny already drawn up, schematics already in place for your life and my life. If we get older, get to the place of accountability, and it does not come through, it is because we have pushed away godly schematics. We have kicked his plan out the door. It is not because it wasn't there waiting to take us into purpose and destiny. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And I appointed you an ambassador to the nations. What's your nation this morning? Your family? God has set you up to be an ambassador. What's your nation this morning? Your workplace? God has set you up to be an ambassador. What's your, what's your, what's your, what's your nation this morning? Your business? God has set you up to be an ambassador. Understand that you are one with God. That you are one with God that your purpose is lined up with him, your destiny is lined up with him, you have released your life to him, and therefore everything is working together for the good in your life. It cannot mess up. Would you bow your heads with me? Oh, bless God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Father, we thank you today for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. We thank you for your goodness that prevails. We thank you that we, we can, even though you are so great that you know everything, even though you are so powerful and that nothing can win against you, even though you are so ginormous that you are everywhere at all times, yet you have opened grace to us you have created an avenue of entry into the eternal that we could not fathom. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has not even entered into the minds of anyone 
what you have prepared for us. Today, we release ourselves into that destiny. Come on. Today, I release myself into that purpose. Go ahead and tell him this morning. Today, I release myself into that purpose. Lord, whatever that is, whatever the thing is, whatever the avenue, whatever the road that you would like to use to take me into the place that no one has seen and no one has heard and no one could even understand, that's the place we want to be. That's where we want to go. We thank you for your goodness and grace, oh God, in our lives this morning. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. If you are watching me online, if you're sitting in our sanctuary as we all stand, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, or maybe you knew him a long time ago, and for some reason or other, you've gone through church hurt, and you have given up on your faith. This is the day that I'm calling on you to believe that God has never changed. Church folk may have changed. I'm, I'm promising you they will. But God has not changed. He's the same God that loved you 20 years ago, and he's still loving you right now. Would you say this prayer with me? Would you bow your heads and say this prayer? Dear Father, I come to you through the blood of your son Jesus asking forgiveness for my sin and my iniquity. I am no good without you. But through you and with your forgiveness and the washing of your blood, I'm everything. I'm everything. All things are possible when I believe you. So today, I speak my trust. I speak my belief in you. I accept you by faith into my life. And I thank you for redeeming me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give God a hand this morning? Hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we worship you, Lord. Fathers, your people go out. We ask that you will cover every cell in their bodies. Every joint, every muscular attachment. We thank you for your complete cover in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we secure our lives in you. We hold on to you as our anchor and we will not let go. We will not let go. We will not let go. Let your peace that passes all understanding go with us now. Cover us, protect us, bring us back to power up and to Bible study on Wednesday online. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for your blessings. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Don't leave. Many of you have had your injections, and that's why you don't have your mask on. So I'm, I, I'm telling you, if you have had your injection, keep your mask on, but greet somebody. I think we can do that now. Greet someone before you leave today. Let them know how good God has been to you. God bless you. Have an awesome week. Giving is one of our greatest tools in worship. Would you give with us on today in your worship? You can give online at theassemblyflawrence.org. Navigate to the top right corner. If you're on a desktop, click the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, smartphone, click the three horizontal lines in the top right corner of the screen and click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons will take you to our online giving platform. You can also text to give by texting the number 77977 that says SC Assembly Give, and that's all one word. You'll receive step-by-step -step instructions on how to give via text. Lastly, you can give by mailing in check or money order to The Assembly at 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina. 
29501. Help us to advance the kingdom of God all around the world.